Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Samer, along with my co-host, Stank and Poppy Latte, and you're watching The Loose Cannons, presented by Red Cap Plumbing and Air, a Tampa-based company who takes pride in their reputation for timely service, professional results, and exceeding your expectations. They truly define hashtag Tampa proud. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, our broski, the ever-knowledgeable, the ever-connected the one, the only, Michael Silver of NFL Network. Welcome back to the show, bro. What is up? Uh, just uh, finished putting the final touches on episode 30 of uh, the podcast I do with my daughter, Pass It Down. So I know you guys are big fans. I hope some of your listeners will check it out. Uh, we, we just did a retrospective. We've had some star-studded guests. Uh no bucks yet, but we just had Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, talking about the 40th anniversary of John Lennon's death, while John Lennon's piano and glasses were right behind him, by the way. So um, we're working on our audio. I know you've, you've tried to help me with that uh, based on my reaching out. So we're, we're, we're uh, you know, it's a work in progress. We're having a lot of fun. It's entertaining, nonetheless. It's still, it's still like, you know, the audio is not great, but it's listenable it's actually really good content i like the stories that you guys have come i mean that one story about the marching band and getting that picture with the <laughs> dollar bill in the player's hand next to the ref that was fucking genius great um michael before we dive into the most recent game that we saw from the buccaneers you were here with us before the season started we talked all about the you know no training camp you know very different off season basically no off season all the COVID hurdles that teams have to go through, and now a team with a new quarterback having to do all that. Now, fast forward to today. What have you seen in these first 13 games for the Buccaneers from start to finish? What have you seen to kind of transpire over this time, and was it something you expected, didn't expect? Just kind of give us your thoughts on what we've seen so far. Yeah, it's kind of what I expected. I mean, they've been working it out, right? And so to recap what I said going into the season is, what Tom Brady's doing at 43 in a normal offseason, leaving a system where he's been for 20 years, going somewhere new, unfamiliar cast, new coach, new system, and merging all that and trying to hit the ground running, that would have been very, very challenging and probably something that took a while to click. But to do it this offseason, uh, or lack thereof, and no training camp, no preseason games, um, incredibly challenging. And so, you know, on my show, The Aftermath, after week one, a lot of people were 
uh, a lot of my other cast members were kind of like, man, they don't look good. And I was like, this was the preseason opener, you guys. Like, don't, you know, don't trip. And so I've kind of stuck to that the whole way. Now, the second Saints game was an eye-opener. That was a little bit of a, a slap in the face on national TV. Like, wow. Um, but Should have been um, there, Michael. It was even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Maybe. But for the most part, you know, I, I feel like they've just been working it out under heavy scrutiny and obviously with a – star-studded cast. Uh, I was really worried about Gronk early on. I thought he was running in quicksand and it just didn't look like he still had it. And uh, BA via text basically said, don't worry. He just hasn't learned our stuff yet. You know, he's, he's getting it. And I was kind of like, okay, BA, you know more about this than I do, but man, it sure looks, you know, I've seen players when they don't have it anymore. And he was right. You know, Gronk may not be you know, physically at the height of his powers, but he's close enough that now that he's getting, you know, more involved uh, in the scheme, we're starting to see that, you know, we're, I guess we'll see a B try to, to be worked in, you know, hopefully Evans and Godwin that continues. I did talk to Mike Evans after a game a few weeks ago. He was really cool. Like I, I, I kind of know the profile of the, number one receiver mentality. I covered Jerry Rice, you know, they all have it's what makes their artists, you know, what makes it's what makes them great. They all want the ball. They all think they can make a huge impact. And he was really at the far end of that spectrum in terms of like not expressing that just very uh, team oriented and, and kind of at peace with the whole process. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, coming off the bye, they looked better. Um, you know, there's been talk about can Brady throw deep. Um, I saw the rarest of unicorns, uh, a Hail Mary P.I. Uh, at the end of the first half, which we should get into because I have a lot of thoughts on that. But, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm kind of withholding judgment. I always thought it was going to be a thing where if they can just get in the playoffs, they'll have a chance to have it worked out by then. And I still think that's where they are. They're in pretty good shape to get to the playoffs. And once they get there, we'll see if all this lead up can translate into something that is more cohesive than what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it, Mike, because because I've seen it. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it everywhere. People are complaining. You should never call that. I, I, I don't I don't buy the whole Hail Mary. You shouldn't call the P.I. I don't buy the whole the refs should swallow their, their whistles in the playoffs if it's in the language of the rule, it's the rule. He was her, he was mobbed by three guys. So I don't get why it, you call it, you know, if it's not a Hail Mary, clearly a PI, but because it's a Hail Mary, we're not going to call it. We're going to swallow our whistle. So let, let, let's talk about it, Mike. I, I mean, I'm just saying, so I had our researcher look it up um, since 2000, which was as far back as he could go, probably because he was born then for, for all I know. But uh, since 2000, at the end of a half, first or second half, um, a last play, a penalty of 30 yards or more. Uh, that has happened twice <laughs> since 2000. The first one was kind of a, a noteworthy game. It was Matthew Stafford's rookie year. He threw deep to Megatron, who was uh, interfered with in the end zone. And that led to, remember, he was mic'd on NFL films. That led to that crazy last play touchdown when Stafford was hurt to Brandon Pettigrew. And it kind of, informed us all like wow because of the audio like this this kid is tough and clutch and they hadn't really done much so that was kind of a game i remember and you know megatron to me is like Shaq to 
you know, to give a Florida reference, Orlando in the Orlando days. But like Shaq, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, was fouled 98% of the times he touched the ball near the basket in his career. And you can't call them all, you know. So Shaq would rightfully complain, I think, and be like, dude, just because they're not going to call a foul every single time doesn't give you guys license to tackle me, to which opposing defenders would have said, we only know one possible way to stop you, and it doesn't always work. But all we have is mauling you. Like, if we play you without fouling you, you will score. And so, you know, Megatron was closer to that. So I would say it's a it's a rarity. Um, should that be the way it is? I don't know. I'm just saying if one guy was going to be the guy to defy that trend other than Megatron, you would think probably Tom Brady. He's gotten a few calls uh, over the years and is great. Yeah, I was OK with it. Uh, obviously. It happened to, uh, <laughs> to Kronk and gave us three points and really helped us kind of swing did, the momentum. Didn't, didn't you think B.A., though, like, I, honestly, when I was watching, I was like, okay, B.A. knows that's kind of unusual, so he's just going to take the three. Like, I feel like if it was a ball at the one-yard line normal situation, B.A.'s like, you know, risk it, no biscuit. We're going to get seven and go into this half, and if we don't make it, we don't make it. But I just – I felt like B.A. was kind of like, eh – Okay, we'll take the three, but let's call it even. Holy shit, listen, they called it? We'll just take the listen, three. Listen, it was clearly pass interference. The guy was face guarding him. He wasn't looking back at the ball. I mean, by every definition, Mike, that was pass. I'm glad they called it. I would have been in an uproar if they had would not Would you have it. been glad they called it, though, if it was, uh, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins heaving that thing up for, uh, Our I RGBs don't, don't commit. RGBs yeah. don't commit Kyle, pass interference. Kyle Rudolph? If, if that was Kyle Rudolph back there in the end zone, would RDBs you have been like... RDBs don't commit P.I. Yeah. Kirk Cousins wouldn't have had the time to throw up. Or the arm strength. Or the yeah, arm strength. Please. Oh, it's Good the answer. Same thing. I, like the way, I like the way you handled that. It's the same thing with the with the mobile quarterbacks, right? I don't, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but, the, you know, they call a little bit differently. Not that I'm a fan of the guy. I freaking hate him, but Cam Newton, they call a little bit. He gets mobbed. Deshaun Watson gets mobbed. It's... I think I think a lot of people would argue that Tom Brady gets called differently, but no, you know, I doesn't get enough. I mean, our former quarterback, James. I, I feel like you didn't think beat. that though until this year. I feel like you know when you were watching the 2018 AFC Championship game, uh, Jags Patriots, where the Patriots were called for one penalty on a punt. The entire AFC Championship game, and the Jags were called for, like, I don't know, 12 or 10. Um, you might have – like, I was watching it. I was like, wow, the Patriots are so well coached that they just don't commit infractions. Wow. That's exactly what I said. This is – yeah, I'm a Bucks fan. I could give a shit less what happened to a Jaguar squad. I don't give a shit. Fuck that. Tom Brady, we're watching greatness. I was happy to watch that. I don't give a shit. It's about fucking time we start getting a little bit of that. Yeah. Brady – luck and love and Thank and you, you know I'm right. a, I'm yeah, that's what you, that's what you acquired that's what you acquired and we, listen I'm not, it, I, I don't want this to be like mike silver says tom brady is thriving because of favoritism it could all be true he could be unbelievably great tend to anecdotally get calls tend to anecdotally whine about calls or not getting calls and tend to anecdotally be involved in situations in his past that may or may not have seemed shady all of that could be true all of that is alleged right 
Except for the Hail Mary call in the end zone. That's fact. That that, that was well-deserved. I'm sorry, but that flag should have been thrown. 10 out of 10 Dude, I times. love your head. Wait, turn around. That's, yeah, that's an old-school Bucks hat. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, Mike. You, we, can, you can turn back, though. You yeah. don't have to turn your back on me completely. I, I think he's talking when to the, When the wife walks into the room. Something, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, I was going to ask you. Um, oh, oh, trust me. If my wife walks into the room, you're going to see a, oh. an empty screen until she's done. Trust <laughs> that's, me. That's, that's so, so uh, a six-year-old Spanish ch- child. Sorry. You know the oh. rules on this podcast, Christian. No Spanish children. No Spanish children. Mike, I got to ask you, man. You're connected to these guys. A couple of weeks ago, before the bye week, everybody on national TV in terms of the sports media was running around with this whole, there's a rift between Tom, there's a rift between Tom and B.A., there's all this nonsense. So the other, Tom's not happy, he's walking away, we should fire B.A. and bring in McDaniels, keep Tom here, Tom's walking. Can you please help Bucks Nation take a fucking deep breath? Well, I'll just tell you my perspective on what I know, and I don't know all of it, but... um... Uh, when BA and I have talked about this, um, he, th- his tone and mentality is someone who's kind of got Tom's back. Like, for example, uh, um, I reported some stuff about um, the New York Giants in the wake of the abrupt firing of offensive line coach Mark Colombo, who had quarreled with Joe Judge. And one of the things I reported about Joe Judge is that he had kind of, you know, in his mini Belichick imitation thing, which a lot of these guys tend to do uh, when they get jobs after working for Bill, he was kind of going around that building talking about how Tom Brady ate all that. And um, it, some people, when they heard that, were kind of like, whoa, bro, like, you probably like, you know, Tom, I mean, I would say Tom Brady, like, you know, a lot of people live in nice houses because of Tom Brady, in my opinion. And I covered Joe Montana, and I used to say the same thing, right? I mean, I think I, you know, I rode Joe's coattails like everyone else. I was the Santa Rosa Press Democrat when I started covering the Niners. And I've told Joe this over drinks. Like, dude, I rode the coattails too. Trust me. So um, I think, like, Joe Ju- it caught people off guard when Joe Judge was saying things around the building. Like, he, Tom Brady can't throw deep, which we'll get into later because I just saw him throw deep pretty well, including on the Hailberry. Um, Tom Brady can't throw deep. He can't throw outside the numbers. He can't escape in the pocket. And, um, you know, when B.A. and I, when I made reference to that to B.A. later, he was very, very like, you know, what the hell would he know? And I'm not saying he was saying that about Joe Judge. I'm just saying hypothetically his tone was like, anyone who says that about Tom Brady, what do they know? And so if there's a, if there's tension between Tom and Bruce and it's a weird year, so I would know more normally cause I'd just come out there and see it and be around it. If there's tension between them, it's not the kind of tension that's like, Oh God, these two guys can't work together. It, it, it's Bruce Arians very much in his mind is like, that's my guy. And if you think he's not great, you're an idiot. Um, I, as far as Tom's perspective, which I know even less of, again, it's a weird year and, and Tom's real private, but I, I would I would bet a large portion of money that if you ask Tom Brady with truth serum, would you rather have a coach who doesn't really rip you publicly, but um, privately is a total uh, dick 
in front of other people on the you know in the building and <laughs> rips you uh you know or a coach who publicly might not be delicate enough when he's saying hey you know he needs to hit Mike Evans when he's open or whatever people you know whatever BA has said but privately is kind of like you know hey come on baby let's go there's no doubt in my mind which he would prefer and there's the reason he wanted to get away from the franchise he won six Super Bowls with. And the, lar- the, the biggest reason by far is he wanted a new boss. And um, if I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but I talked about that 2018 AFC championship game. So I don't know how much people remember. They were playing the Jaguars who were, you know, rolling that year. They just beat the Steelers um, in practice on that Wednesday. Brady is trying to hand the ball off and Rex Burkhead's helmet gets caught in the webbing of Brady's hand. And it is a crime scene, like splits his hand, blood everywhere. And people who saw it were like, oh, my God, it's over. Like, there's no way Tom's going to be able to play four days later and we're going to lose. And this is a disaster. But somehow they like stitched it up and worked through it and got him to the point where he was going to be okay to play Sunday, which kind of surprised them, you know, given how bad it was. And they're down most of the game. They're down 10 late. He throws two beautiful touchdown passes to Danny Amendola in the back of the end zone and they win. So after the game, uh, Bill Belichick is up there and they say, Hey, Bill, you know, Tom, a hand injury and uh, you know, wow. And you know, we're, reporters we that's a great story i've written some great stories before about you know heroic things and bill who has this media persona he doesn't at that point he doesn't have to say anything more than hey you know tom's a tough guy we can always count on him it's fine but go back and watch that clip because it's online he basically says like oh, we're not exactly talking about open heart surgery it just kind of blows it off and i and i know fans and some media people think oh that's just bill you know ha ha He's, I mean, go watch that clip and tell me if that was your boss and you had just done what Tom Brady did and you had his history of commitment and achievement, what would you think? I thought it was one of the more publicly disrespectful things I have ever seen in three decades of football. And I said so at the time. And, um, you know, I, I would judge any perceived... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain... Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 
spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Bruce Arians, public rebuke of Tom Brady against that. And I just don't think they're in the same stratosphere. I mean, isn't this like some days of our live shit, though? Like, yeah, obviously, football has become a 24-hour thing, and this is what guys talk about, and they're just, you know, they're looking for something. Oh, you know, maybe they're fighting with each other. Uh, Mike, I, I mean, Phil Jackson and, and Michael Jordan, you know, notoriously had a crazy uh, uh, relationship, and Mike Holmgren and Favre, and who cares if they don't get along, you know, like they're not best friends off the field? I, that's I, I just don't get why people well, are trying to make something out of nothing here. So back when I used to cover the 49ers early on, there was a cornerback named Eric Wright. And there've been a couple of cornerbacks that get Eric Wright, but this was the OG Eric Wright and not easy E, but a uh, guy, guy from East. That's Saint the real Lewis OG Eric Wright. Right. But this guy won yeah, four Super Bowls. <laughs> this, this guy won four Super Bowls with the Niners in the eighties, was an incredible cover corner who had a knack for arriving just as the ball was touching the receiver and dispossessing him of the ball. Uh, kid from East St. Louis, went to Missouri, just uh, and my favorite guy in the locker room. And he used to say, Silva, why you put so much bullshit in the paper? And I used to go, because there's too many days between games, right? There's six <laughs> days of bullshit and one game day. And when I went to Sports Illustrated in 1994, I was finally on the same rhythm as them. I'd write one story late Sunday night, do Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, and I could wade through all the stuff during the week and see what was really important and have one game day and write my story. So it was different. But so, yeah, we do have we have a sport where there aren't a lot of games. So you do have more noise um, because of it. Um, but, yeah, my threshold's really different. I covered Joe Montana and Steve Young. I, I, people wouldn't believe the you know, some of the tension for six years, by the way, that was going on there and Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers. And you mentioned Favre and Holmgren and, you know, and Chuck Noll and Terry Bradshaw before my time, but they were, they weren't speaking. Montana and Walsh got crossed up, Montana and Seifert. So yeah, my threshold's a little different, but I don't want to say it would be insignificant if this very, you know, uh, tricky experiment, especially because of the pandemic, um, wasn't working perfectly. And if there is tension and it's impacting potentially the cohesiveness of the performance, I don't want to just write that off. And, and I wish I knew conclusively more than I do because it's been a weird year. But my vibe from BA is that he's not stressed about it. And I just, I think Tom's just in a really better place than he's been. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady's a tough guy. Like, Tom Brady doesn't need his coach to kiss his ass in public. I promise you that he doesn't need that. Um, I think he just wants to kind of have like a, a positive working environment. Um, the stuff I can't tell you for sure is what, you know, BA told me Tom's calling all of it. He's suggesting the plays he's deciding at the line. He's helping with the game plan. And, um, you know, which is a pretty strong thing to say, given that we didn't really know how it was all going to play out. He said it had been that way for a while. This was a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. Mike, what I do don't you know think, what, what do you think 
necessitated that. I mean, was that the plan going in or four or five games in where they like, this isn't what we're trying to do with, with Tom here isn't working and we need to put more Tom stuff in there because you know, what left, which is calling and what, what we, what the plan was initially wasn't working or the play calling from left, which wasn't great. Now Tom is the one calling the plays. Something changed. Yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, I think it was always a work in progress and they were trying to figure it out and, and obviously under challenging circumstances, but yeah, I don't know if it was abrupt or if they just tried to start, you know, giving Tom more ownership, but um, you know, I, none of that's bad. Uh, you know, I, I think all of that is, is workable it, you know you you see cam newton in some regard trying to run what's still an offense that was designed for tom brady and they've changed it a lot but cam's not a rhythm passer cam's not a quick get rid of it quick to the shifty receiver coming out of the back you know early and and keep moving the chains cam wants to sling it and he's got guys who can't separate and they're still trying to kind of fit that in and it looks terrible so by that standard you know tom and ba's offense looks a lot more cohesive to me than cam and josh mcdaniel's office and cam just may not be right with the shoulder I, you know i don't know but um it you know it's tricky i mean i don't doubt that there is tension it's tom brady and the guy's expectation is super bowl every single year and sure. he went from the leader on the field being Jameis winston who is you know we don't, we're not going to get into that discussion, but wasn't necessarily that presence. Probably didn't have that kind of demand on the field for oh, the perfection. Don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. It, do it. Pissed off, bro. Don't do that. Don't worry. That's going to be the thumbnail for this Maybe video. You eating bro. a W? <laughs> you mentioned let's a little talk, bit. Let's, let's, go ahead, Christian. Go ahead. Let's talk about. You said you wanted to get into it. Let's talk about because this has been going on all year nationally. Even some locally, not that much anymore, but people need to wake the fuck up. Like, can we stop with the rhetoric, like the, the dead arm? Because I saw a fucking 55 yard dime. And we talked about this when you came on the first time, Mike, to wide receiver one. You said you talked to Mike, who's wide receiver one. It's, it's Scotty Miller. You got that wrong, Mike. <laughs> he only had five snaps. Didn't he only have five snaps? Biggest play of the game. Listen, Mike, listen, Mike, we're all dudes here. We're all dudes. You've been covering the league for a long time. I talked to Stank about this, you know, during the podcast, the post game. We are dudes. We all have a type. Sometimes, you know, in our young single times age, you know, you had to settle because you had to do what you got to do. But you have a type. It's got a type. That's Brady's type. Scotty Miller's Brady's type. Yeah. Well, my type, my type is Mike Evans. No offense to AB, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Gronk, Shady, Leonard Fortnette, Ronald Jones, yeah. Cameron Braid, OJ Howard on the injured. I, uh, my type is Mike Evans. Anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I've been hearing that Tom Brady can't throw deep for a long time because I'm old. Uh, I would, you know, another thing to go look at if you're watching this. Um, in the you know famous Super Bowl 42, right when they're going for the undefeated season, and um, Plexico scores the touchdown to put them up, and now the Patriots have the ball and one last gasp. Go look at what he hit, what Brady threw to Randy Moss. I remember that in oh. double coverage, and that could have been PI. They didn't call that one, and also Moss almost caught it anyway. Um, 
in that circumstance, when everyone knows you've got to sling it, it's one of the best deep balls, you know, ever. It was just a, a, a they almost tied or won the Super Bowl because of that. Um, I can't remember if they were down four or three at that point. Uh, anyway, um, but the, you know, it's not usually the arm that goes it from what people tell me. I mean, I never had one, but it's the legs first, right? So it's, it's stepping into the throw and, you know, all the things that go along with the throw. So it's really sometimes more of a leg thing. But um, clearly when he his mechanics are right and he steps into a throw, he can definitely still sling it. Um, he also, um, you know, it's so basically people are like, how can Tom Brady still be doing this at 43? It's a multifaceted answer. Number one, he is a freak. It's just crazy. It's weird. Number two, he has taken unbelievable care of himself and, and done everything he can. Number three, he has played, he's been fortunate enough to play in a different era. One where they literally changed a rule for him, right? Where you can't go low because uh, of his injury in 2008 and obviously head trauma. So, I mean, I've, I've had this conversation with many, many quarterbacks I covered. Um, I was at dinner with Dan Marino and some people a couple of years ago. And I, uh, I said, Danny, I go under today's rules where, you know, because remember, Dan Marino played. You got two steps after he released the ball and could still hit the quarterback anywhere, including the head. You know, so release, one, two, blast. Go look at the way quarterbacks <laughs> got blasted. You know, go look at Jim Kelly and Joe Montana and John Elway. So I said, Dan, how many yards would you throw for in a season if, you know, under today's rules? And he just looks at me and goes, a fucking lot. Uh, you know, Elway one time, I made the, I made the mistake. Uh, I covered John. I mean, Elway's incredible. I, I, I made the mistake at Broncos training camp a few years ago. I was doing a story about how hard it is to play quarterback now and all the things. And I started to ask John the question at Broncos training camp. And he just kind of like looks at me the whole time. And he's like, dude. And I like, and I look at him and he's like, it's so much easier now because I can't hit you. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm asking. Like this guy got blasted. Uh, so it's they can't touch the receivers and, either. They know, can't touch the receivers either. So you have all of those. Yeah, right, and and that too. So I, I just, um, you know, usually why usually what drives quarterbacks from the game? It used to just be like literally you just got took too much punishment and you couldn't function anymore, but. That's less of a thing now, but what, literally what drives them for the game usually is, you know, it's, it's yeah, the legs start to go and all that, but it's the eyes starting to look, you know, it's, it's more like I'm too old for this shit deep in your head, and you know you're going to just be blasted in a way that, you know, doesn't feel as rationally, uh, you know, defensible when you're, uh, you know, that old. So uh, he's... He's managed to overcome all of that. But when I look for the Brady's old signs, it's those types of things or the legs. And I really haven't seen them. I know some of his Mike, you know deep why? balls ha haven't looked awesome. But you know why but you haven't the seen it? Because Alex Guerrero, bro. Have you seen how he massages Tom Brady? Have you seen the video of Alex Guerrero massaging Tom Brady? He keeps him young. I want to. Yeah, I want to like, get a massage by by yeah, Alex but, like, he's the, but but he's the only. 
Alex Guerrero is the only guy who can, like, you know, massage people. What's like, in that I mean, massage I cream, though? Like, you know, Drew Brees is getting massages. Bex, it's the Bex baby oil as well. Guerrero's- it could be, the, it could be that. Could be that. Long as, long as there's no, long as there's no mayonnaise involved. Remember, ranch, blue cheese, no mayonnaise involved. That's probably the only thing that mayonnaise is good for. Maybe a good mayonnaise right. massage. I know you watch our shows. You, you didn't see the Vita Vea. You are, you are correct. Did you see the Vita Vea episode? They, they put fucking mayonnaise on no. pizza. Mayonnaise oh. fucking pizza, man. Vita Vea dips his pizza in mayonnaise. I fucking love you, Vita, but shit. He, no, hold on. He said he did it one time. He did it one time. One time. And he time. said it wasn't that bad. Yeah. He was like, I'm not good. good. Mike is like, what the f- I'm not going to say what I really think, and for one simple reason, because I am physically scared of Vita Vea. As you should be. I just be. don't want him to yeah. have any issues with me. Great, great player. Missed Mike, too. Mike um, the Bucks came out of the bye week. We think they played fairly well against a pretty hot Minnesota Vikings team. For whatever reason, some people are critiquing this game a little bit harsher than I would. We were in victory formation, and I always say, fucking victory formation it must be a good win. You're not winning a close game in victory formation most of the time. Well, well, you did, you did get the you did get the three free points, and then as I said on the aftermath, you know, it's a wonderful life for George Bailey, or, or in this case, when you're playing Dan Bailey as the Bucks. I mean, so. I agree. It was a good performance, and the Vikings are good and and, and trending well. But you know, the football gods were were looking out for the Bucks. Not just good, not just good. A very hot Vikings team, five out of six, five out of five out of the last six yes. games, and a desperate. Yeah. I mean, that was a playoff game for them, for mm-hmm. us as well. They so, were des- they were desperate for a guy who could kick the ball between the uprights for sure. You don't come into Tampa as a kicker and not know. Yeah. you know, the skeletons of that stadium. You don't come in here with confidence. And as soon as your your confidence is a little shaken and you miss one of Raymond James and then you think of Roberto Aguayo and, you know, the curses. Yeah, I could see how Dan Bailey would just, you know, start to fold into himself and not be able to kick the broad side of a fucking barn. Thank it's It's one of my favorite movies, man. The Replacements. Mm. Great replacements. Fucking quicksand. As soon as you miss one, <laughs> Raymond James. Yeah. I knew. Speaking of great golf. movie quotes, I speak. Yeah, speaking of great movie quotes, I knew it was bad for Roberto Aguayo. I had heard that he was struggling, but I knew I officially realized it was going to be an issue when I heard that at Bucks training camp, before he was lining up for kicks, one of the fans was yelling out, "You can do it!" Uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider and the Water Boys. That, that was I, actually Samur Ali. That, that was actually me. That was actually me. No let, way. Let me finish. Literally? No, uh, no, maybe I don't, I don't know. Let me. I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's like, hold on. Tell us that story. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Tell us the story, Samer. The the that Roberto Aguayo kick story. I, yeah. I, <laughs> as we all said it, I'm pretty sure like 17 to 25 of us said it because we were all there as a group. I just remember. Listen, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna actually tell you if it was or wasn't me. It just, you know. Listen, Mike, we as Bucks fans, we took we enjoyed seeing Dan Bailey fail. And then what happens? Ryan Suckup is on the COVID list the next week. I think that's how we pay as Bucks fans. You can't enjoy shit in this town without, you know, the the opposite kind of energy coming right back to you and kicking you right in the nuts. Really enjoy it. And meanwhile, and Matt Gay, the friend of the show, ends up getting a big win in your game, stadium. Game-winning field goal. Game-winning field goal. In end up, game ended up being the game-deciding field goal in our faces 
while we were kind of happy for him at the same time, but and also really pissed us off. afterwards and said, "Sorry, boys, I had to do it." But look, he that's hey, class. that's class. Yeah. He st he still gave us one early. He missed one earlier, and he you know that was the sleeper agent move. I said it all season long. Wherever Matt ends up, he's gonna be the sleeper agent. He's gonna give us a shot. He's gonna give right. us a shot, and he nodded over to us over in the stadium. We're like, "All right, Matt gave yeah. us a chance." I saw that. Matt gave us a chance. Now I'm gonna go back to the question that you guys all fucking hijacked for some fucking reason, right? I was trying to ask Michael Silver here. We beat the Vikings, but what do you make of this Buccaneers defense? One coming out of the bye and down the stretch, obviously without a big cog in Vita Vea. Uh, Vita Vea. Yeah, and they struggled um, stopping the run, I know, against the Vikings, especially early, but that's not unique. I mean, the Packers absolutely could not tackle Dalvin Cook at all. You know, and, and they're right now the number one seed in the conference and also struggled in the stadium you guys love, uh, as we know. So, um, you know, nobody's perfect. It happens. Um, I thought they did a nice job of getting after Kirk Cousins, um, you know, it's easy to say, oh well, you know, we've got some we got some guys who can get after the quarterback. When you have two real proven edge guys like the Bucks have, that's a real luxury. And the fact that they're both healthy and and you know impacting games at, in December and hopefully longer is um, you know that's a big deal. And um, yeah, I do like I, I like some of the Bucks defenders a lot. I, you know, I've liked Levante David for a long time. I really like Carlton Davis. Um, you know, Winfield, I, I, I was a huge fan of his dad. So I assume he's got that same, uh, mentality, yeah. which is a great one. And, um, you know, so I, I, I've been excited about this defense and I never thought it was going to have to be a team that, you know, the offense carried and, you know, the bucks at their best have looked really, really good. And I'll, you know, if you can, if the bucks at their best are in a playoff game anywhere, that's going to be a, a tough out for anyone. And, you know, it's Tom Brady. So, yeah, I know Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, assuming he gets back healthy, are, and Russell Wilson are in. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Involved in this, and we saw how Jared Goff looked in Tampa, looked, looked like a guy who's been to the Super Bowl. So there's a lot going on. But, um, you know, Tom Brady may have – may be uh, entering the conversation uh, in a pretty emphatic way, too. I think people are like, I, I get it. The defense didn't look great on Sunday. Um, I think they stepped up when they needed to. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, two, the two elite pass rushers we have on the edge, uh, you know, came to work and did, did what they were supposed to do. But Dalvin Cook, man, uh, you know, for not being a very big guy, 
Like you think of, of a Derrick Henry that's going to break tackles or, you know, these bigger, you know, Jacobs from, from Las Vegas. He's, I don't know if it's, if it's, he's slippery, but he's powerful. It's a weird combination, man. Like he reminds me of work done, but with power, like you're never going to get a, hmm. a solid hit on him, but he's, he's slippery, but then he's still going to break tackles like at the goal line. And, and it's like, what the fuck? He's not that big. But it's you, know, I, you know what I was on a flight to Tampa a long time ago when I was working for Sports Illustrated, and I heard these two Bucks fans talking uh, in front of me, and one guy goes, yeah, we got one guy who looks like a fullback and runs like a halfback, and we got one guy who looks like a scatback and runs like the fullback should. And, you know, it was a really funny assessment of, done at Allstott, which was a great backfield, but uh, Allstott backfield. did like to, he, Allstott liked to get pretty and work would, would pound that thing in there, there, you know? It no, I cool. noticed after Dalvin's uh, touchdown, he actually walked towards the bench and was like, uh, the Bucks bench and was giving the, the somebody on our sidelines like the eye. I, I was, part of me thinks that maybe he still has a little ill will against Jason Light and this team for passing on him and drafting OJ Howard when all from all accounts, Dalvin was was the guy they were at least considering. I don't think they thought OJ would be there, and that's why they took OJ instead of him. But um, you know, I know a lot of people here in Tampa really, really wanted Dalvin Cook in a Buccaneer uniform, and who knows, man? Have we done that? He, he benefited. He benefited on Sunday from from one having an offensive line that was opening gigantic holes, and two, he has a fullback in front of him whose last name is Ham. I mean, right there, you know he's going to get at least 75 yards behind that man. His name is Ham, and all I could think about during the entire game was if John Madden was calling this game, we would have listened for 20 minutes about how, oh, this guy's got a good name. You know, this guy's got a fullback name. You know, (laughs) he's in there, Ham. Boom! That's all we would have heard of. He's got the same name as one of the greatest linebackers of all time, Jack Ham of the Steel Curtain. My favorite story involving Jack Ham is that uh, Jack Lambert, who was the middle linebacker, Ham was the outside Lord linebacker, Gator. and Jack uh, you know both both Hall of Famers and great players. So Jack Lambert, who was a maniac, there's a story that um, the Steelers were you know defending, and a team was driving in for the potential winning score, and Jack Ham makes a game-winning interception, game-clinching interception, and as they're walking off the field. He and Jack Lambert are in a screaming match because Jack Lambert is furious that Jack Ham blew his assignment, even though he ended up getting the interception that saved the game. But Jack Ham's like, you know, what do you mean? I got the ball. And Jack Lambert's like, oh, I'll kill you. And they had to like be separated on the sidelines. So. Mike, one of my favorite photos of any NFL photo ever is that Jack Lambert photo where, you know, he's, it's like an iconic one where he's smiling with, Missing his two front teeth. Yeah, I got. I got. I got to ask you a question, Mike. Uh, you're a historian of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you work for you know NFL Network. I mean, I got a bone to pick with some of your colleagues, bro. And this this may be me overreacting. It definitely this may will be. be me showing my bias. Yep. But you mentioned the steel curtain, and and you, you just kind of you, you it just it, mm, irked me. Everybody talks about the fucking steel curtain. Everybody talks about the Baltimore Ravens defense. There is no fucking respect for the Bucks 2002 defense. Nobody ever brings great. it up. It was and, in the same conversation, but nobody's great, great, great defense. And, um, you know, what set them apart was the speed. I, I just, 
it's weird because the Raiders were were favored in that game, and you know, Bear Robbins did decide to go drink with a burrow in Tijuana on Friday night, and uh, their star center then didn't play in the game, and that was a huge, huge deal for the Raiders. And also, John Gruden uh, had the cheat codes, and um, you know everyone thought it was such a great trade for the Raiders. They got three first-round draft picks, and you know, more for John Gruden. Wasn't such a great trade that next Super Bowl when he played against them and knew exactly how to mess with them. But with all that said, I just remember a lot of us in the press box were kind of like, we should have seen this coming. I know the Raiders were favored, but look at the speed. Like the Bucks had, it was, it was one of the games, I don't know if I've ever seen a game where I just thought speed was that glaring of a difference. It was just like, wow, the Raiders are a fast, good team that scores a lot of points. They are, you know, they're in cement boots compared to what this defense is doing. And, you know, and of course you have Warren Sapp, one of the absolute greatest defensive tackles um, ever to play by far. Um, Derek Brooks, you know, unbelievable linebacker. Uh, you had uh, Simeon Rice, you know, who probably should, should be a Hall of Famer. Um, mm-hmm. Ed Drescher, John Lynch, who's probably going to make the Hall of Fame. Rodney Barber, who's absolutely, you know, Hall of Fame worthy, and, and more. And, yeah, and so we had Booger McFarland on that team too, who had, you know, blew yes, his knee out the year. I think he was out for the year. Out for was the year. Chidi, was Chidi Ahanatu still there, or had he gone to the Rams? I, I think he might have gone to the Rams. Yeah, already. he was a Ram. And yeah. was Hardy Nickerson still there? Another great player. Oh, um, he had already retired. Yeah. Yeah, but but um, just you know, incredible team, and and um, you know, a really you know, good dudes, alpha males, but who were good dudes. And, and it's interestingly, Rod Marinelli was a was a real driving force, you know, um, coaching wise for that Raiders defense. defensive coordinator. Yeah, new Raiders defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, hey, Rod, you're the new defensive coordinator. By the way, we have a game in four days, and <laughs> and and no, and no one good. So you know, a few, a couple of guys were pretty good, and then a bunch of guys who are. You know, named Ham, but not Jack Ham. All right. <laughs> you said Rondé potential Hall of Famer. I think he'll make it. I think he is a Hall of Famer. He, everybody, oh, yeah, no, I, I, he, I, said, I, Hall, said, Hall, I said Hall of Fame worthy. I just think gotcha. he redefined the position. I mean, uh, that position now is you see it yeah. all over the league. It's it's the nickel. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. There's a log jam at defensive back, so it's just going to be weird. But yeah, he'll Rondé will be a Hall of Famer, and you know, and also one of the all time great dudes just you know tremendous dude and you know the the ronde like oh he always had help it's covered too it's like what do you want the guy to do he played the scheme that they put him in and he played it better than any quarter in that scheme probably ever has and you know i mean adias williams maybe when the rams did it but like you know it's as it's as good as it could be played absolutely thank you for that walk down memory lane poppy latte i appreciate that you're welcome you know, we can talk Buck Super Bowl season yeah. forever because that's all we really have. That's as all we have to hang keep us warm at night exactly. but, until Mike, this year. Mike, what 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 should we expect from this team in the next three games? We have a shitty Atlanta Falcons team. For some reason, our fan base is afraid of these guys. I don't fucking get it. Right? Game. You should get it, bro. No, every just, time. No, no I'm not going down the road. The no, I'm not going down the PTSD road with you guys. Then we well, face well, a Lions well, team that might not have. 
Stafford, yeah, and we're going to face the same fucking shit Falcons team again at the closing so you game. Have in, you have interim coach um, anxiety, which is in, in both cases justified. Here's why in each case. Former Bucks coach Raheem Morris has actually um, invigorated that team. They've been um, – they haven't been perfect, but they should have won the first five with him. They, they had the – or four of the first five. They, they had the Todd Gurley accidental touchdown and – then the Saints kind of put it on him, but they, you know, they crushed the Raiders. Like they're playing way, way better under Raheem. And then here's the thing with the Lions: um, it's the fall of the Berlin Wall. Matt Patricia was so, you know, and I talked about Joe Judge. Matt Patricia made it so miserable around there, and it was just drudgery. They hated it. So it's not like, oh my God, Daryl Bevel's an incredible coach. He's Joe Bevel's a fine coach. It's just that. It's the Prague Spring. They're so happy, and so they did win that first one. They obviously weren't able to beat the Packers, but they—they—they're not your typical going through the motions team. They're like, "Wow, football is fun again." So they're a little dangerous, although you know Stafford's hurt. Atlanta, I think, playing them twice and Raheem, I, I think they're more dangerous in the first one. I think the the car engines will be running in that last one, you know, and. Uh, I think the first one is a little more dangerous, but yeah, I think it's reasonable. If you if the Bucks are going to be the team you hope they are, they think they are, they go eleven and five and they they clinch a playoff berth. Mike, it's a Bucks life. You mentioned Raheem Morris. It's Dirk Cutter as well, bro. It's yeah, two, two four and, right? and Rich McKay. Don't forget Rich McKay, Rich- your team president. But two. Dirk Cutter is the reason we will beat them because Dirk Cutter doesn't know how to attack and defense properly, and we will fucking punch them in the hey, mouth. Um, 46 points on the Raiders, bro. The Raiders couldn't defend you and I out there, bro. We could run routes That's and we'd get Raiders open against fired the Raiders. Their defensive okay? They just fired their defensive coordinator because Dirk beat them. That's why they fired him. Think about that. We stopped. There's a clause. There's actually a clause in uh, Paul Gunther's contract that if Dirk Cutter puts up that many points on you, <laughs> I think that's what you're trying to say. That's not true, by the way, but I'm just trying to give you like a is, is that story. What, is that what happened to Lovey Smith and his staff when they hung 52 on us when he was the mm. first time around? Because goddamn. Lovey Smith just got fired in Illinois, at Illinois. He did? I'm, or, or did he? I think I don't he did. Either I'm stepped asked, away. Or, either stepped away. I, I like Lovey Smith, and I'll tell you what. That Lovey Smith beard that he went with, you know, in Illinois. Amazing. Tremendous. They played. They played my alma mater, Cal, uh, last year a bowl game, and you know I texted Lovey, um, you know beforehand just to have some fun, and I was like, "Dude, by the way, the beard is unbelievable." Like I, I think we went on like a five text thing just about the beard. It, it's tremendous. I don't, it, I don't like yeah. it. Too white. It's too. It's no, too Santa it. Claus esque. I didn't like it. Yeah, no. that's why it's. It works. It it I was, was thrown off by the Dion beard. That thing scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, I, but listen, Dion Dion's fashion sense is always so good. I'll give him the beard. It is, but the beard, bro. I'm just I'm still have the Sports Illustrated with the gold <laughs> chains and the in Dude, and, the Urlacher the Urlacher hair. The Urlacher hair oh, is oh, way more jarring. Yeah. That is that By the way, is hating. Stammer, not everybody colors their beard, okay, bro? Yeah, now everybody has a makeup team and airbrushes I got, in. I got some fake beard lines like no, you. I got some. Grace. Whatever you all, whatever you three are doing, it's working for you all. Hear that? Of you. I got credit. I, no, 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 I no, no. Like no, no. You haven't seen Whoa. his side profile. He doesn't fade his the way me and Sam are do. They talk yeah. shit about my beard because I don't have good beard genetics. Turn, you, guys are, you guys are edged up. Yeah, it's nice. Turn, turn your face, Amish one. 
Yeah, what? he's got what some weird om. It just yeah, stopped. Yeah, he's got. Totally we you know what we call it, Mike. We we call that the reverse mutton chop. It makes zero fucking sense. It looks like he should be in like Listen, a civil Jews war. Jews like me, they they don't grow very good facial hair. I'm waiting for the um the celebrity who just does the asymmetrical like half the face with a beard or facial hair thing because someone's going to do that, right? I mean, Mike Tyson is a face tattoo which True. is a little more permanent. But don't you think you're going to see, like, you know, like Justin Bieber, somebody, somebody just, yeah, you've got clean on one side and then total hair over here. I'm picturing I'm picturing Papilate's face right now, half with no beard. No, 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 one no. of you guys could do that, you know? No, no, no. I'll Maybe do it, bro. I don't give a I'm fuck. I'm going to do it. I, if the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl, I will shave half of my face completely clean. <laughs> I If the you Bucks win a Super Bowl, first. I will do it. You know what? And I'll be so happy. I'll join I'll you so happy. on that adventure, bro. We Mike, win. that means, Mike, I'm going to do it too. That means you got to come back, Mike, and grow for, oh, for this episode and grow in half a beard. <laughs> you got to grow in I half will a not beard. do that. I will not do that, but I will definitely take full credit for Can you imagine him, like, showing up <laughs> on, if Cal on goes to the Rose Bowl, If Cal goes to the Rose Bowl next year or any year, I will do any, I'll do anything. Short of, you what know, about, all right, short, Listen. Of a, short of a felony. I will, if, I will if, if, a Cal, felony. if Cal makes it to the Rose Bowl next year, you have to get our three faces tattooed on your calf muscle. You said anything. Yes. 100%. Yes. Oh, I'm in. There it is. If Cal goes to the Rose Bowl, I don't need a calf. My life will be complete. I love it. It'll be great. I don't, Go, I'm going to start wearing black and yellow every Saturday. That's it. Go Cal, baby. Or is it blue? blue. It's blue, blue and blue, gold. right? Blue and gold. Yeah, blue and gold. You hear what Stank gave up bad, for, for a Super Bowl? You know, like Marshawn, Cal. Yeah, yeah I got I got, yeah, yeah. I got I got you. I got you. Um, Did you hear what Stank uh, what? gave up for a Super Bowl? No. I haven't given anything up for the Super Bowl, but I happened to tweet out before uh, we we signed Tom Brady that I would give up sex for a year with my wife if Tom Brady signed with the Bucks. And it wasn't because I was going to be excited that Tom Brady was a Buck. It was I was that sure there was no fucking way Tom Brady would come to Tampa. But wait, be a Buck. He doubled down, Mike. <laughs> and I or, same or, was, thing. or was it? Or was it because you just didn't think your wife would like be that bummed? She I knew my wife was a big Tom Brady fan, you know what I mean? So that entire his entire <laughs> tenure here, she wouldn't be interested in him you know, anymore, I, I, you know what I mean? I've known my, I've known my wife since uh, college, and so the joke used to be when we were young, hey, whatever quarterback takes Cal to the Rose Bowl, you can sleep with him because he would already have brought me so much pleasure. And I was like, cool. But then, you know, as we got older, <laughs> that, that got a little weird. And like, you know, Jared Goff, I mean, these people are very, very young. So then the joke became like... <laughs> Then, then the joke became like, "I'll talk to him. You know, I'll, let me see if I could, let me see what I could do." Yeah, oh, wait, I mean, you doubled down. Yeah, you, so wait, you didn't actually stick with that though. You, yeah, no, we bro, we held it. We held him to it, and oh, it gets better. Mike, Mike yes, it gets better. You're not going a year no, without. I haven't even wife. looked at my smoking hot wife naked. That better, is such bullshit. Have you such a lie, Mike? Have you looked at him? Look at his beard. Who's sleeping with that beard? And look, it gets it gets worse. You think a woman will sleep with this? It gets, it. it gets worse. It gets worse. Tell him. Tell him how it gets worse. A year. A year is a long. A year is a long time, bro. I might have made. I might have after Brady signed here. I may have made the same bet about Gronkowski coming here. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I have two years of no. Two years life. is a long time. <laughs> wait, Mike. Wait, Mike. Wait, wait. Especially wait. during a global pandemic. Hold on, Mike. Yeah, it gets worse because uh, Maui. Beautiful tackle that loves mayonnaise on pizza came on here and convinced them 
He forced me, honestly. He did. He, he intimidated him. He said, well, if, if, if he did it twice and it worked twice, do it one more time for the Super for the, Bowl. For the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. So. Add another year. Three years three is years. a long time. Yeah, but Super Bowl, he'll be divorced. But it's Most like- marriages don't last three years. So M- Mike, Mike keeps saying the same thing every time we tell him the next level. He goes, one year is a very long time. Two years is a very long time. Wait, there's more. No, I'm just kidding. Dude I, dude, I ain't doing a month. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I'm mm. an old man, but. That's not, I'm old man still too. kicking. I like that. I like Three years, that. my oh, shit yeah. might not work anymore, bro. Uh, you're pretty know. old, Stank. Oh. You're the oldest of all of us, right? Aren't I got to tell no. you, Silver's like, older. Silver, you, got, Silver got, what year were you born? Uh, according to Wikipedia, 1948, but I was really born in 1965, and which makes me old. And I'll tell you this: uh, I, everyone always said, you know, that you know that's really going to wane. You know, like when you're 17, 18, you're crazy, but like that, you know, your sex drive is going to go way, way down. Still waiting, man. Gotta say, this podcast is nothing so weird. Sh- ain't nothing changed. <laughs> That's right, bro. This is the best this, podcast. This started talking yeah. about the Bucks, and now we're getting sexual advice from a man I'm born so in the no He's, no He's pounding his chest, bro. He's pounding his chest. He's like, my shit. Nothing, no, still ain't going. Like, there's a, what's the secret? Is it, is it yoga? Is it stretching? Keep the blood flow going. What? what? He's challenging us. I feel like he's. Cha- I'm. I'm being challenged right I don't know, now, man. I've, I've. I've done the same things the whole time. I. You know. I. I, I party. I like. You know. Somehow I'm still married. You know. In fact, I think the secret is having a woman who's crazy enough to put up with this. Yeah, that works. There it is. The key to life. Find a crazy lady. Got it. Yeah. You're muted. Christian, you're muted. Write that down. Muted. Oh, I'm muted. Go. Now you're back. Well, um, sounds, sounds like you sounds like you're metaphorically muted for mm-hmm. up to three years. Could be. <laughs> hopefully three. Could years. Be three. Hopefully three. Right now it's only two. Yeah, hopefully three, bro, because it's not worth it. He's so shocked by this. I just hope that Cal gets to that fucking Rose Bowl because I want to see my face tattooed on somebody's fucking body. That's amazing. Okay, so Cal, I have a friend who, by the way, is literally one of the medical people at the forefront of the COVID treatments, including the antibody treatment and remdesivir. He's, he's a genius. He's a doctor. But he also uh, is a psychotic Cal fan and went to college with me. He has been saying since our college days, um, he happens to be uncircumcised. And he has been saying that he will get circumcised as an adult if Cal wins the conference and goes to the Rose Bowl. Um, he could perform it himself since he's a doctor, but that would probably be a little Wait. extreme. But But yeah, so for example, he's like, Oh, I'll definitely get circumcised if Cal goes to the Rose Bowl. By the way, he is not circumcised, in case you're wondering how Cal's Rose Bowl fortunes have been during my lifetime. But he he would do that. His wife, she's been waiting forever. She's like, please. Yes, please, please do it. She's a, do- she's a doctor, too. Maybe she could do Maybe it. Maybe she likes the anteater, bro. You never know. Okay, cool. Great. Wow. How to lose a sponsor in one episode. <laughs> dot com. Red cap plumbing and air. Red cap plumbing. Excellent. (laughs) If it's uncircumcised, it's probably not a red cap. That's right. It's a no cap. (laughs) A mushroom cap. There you go. Exactly. Boom. I don't think there's anything left to talk about now because this is so far off the fucking rails. This is ridiculous. This is great. I love it, though. I love it. It's great, bro. 
We're going to party with you, Mike Silver, when you get to town for this mm-hmm. fucking Super Bowl, yes. right? We're partying with you. I don't care if we hey. got to wear hazmat suits. We will I wear hazmat suits for you. We were I wearing hazmat party. suits. I, 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 I'm thinking like the 2021 opener. Like they, they'll win the Super Bowl and open that Thursday night because that's what happens. That's going to be – that Wednesday will be – Dude, by then, everybody's going to have vaccines. We'll be, yes. I'm going to mouth kiss yes. Mike Silver as soon as I see him. Straight on the mouth. I, mean, I, I know why you want to kiss somebody. I mean, probably years a long time. I don't know. Can't, can't allow that. The commissioner came here, and all of a sudden, we have fucking COVID running rapid in the fucking Bucks organization. Thanks sure, for I didn't think about that. And then he came out and said, the NFL, nobody's taking. They're not, they're not interested at all. They're not doing it because I'm taking it right to the dome as soon as they have the opportunity, Mike. I'm trying to be reckless. I'm trying to be reckless. Wait, what did he say? Who said that they're not taking it? The that, NFL commissioner said no personnel, no team, nothing, no nothing. They're not planning on taking the vaccine at this time. I'm not like not like he can stop it. I, I, I think what he was. I think the point of that was we're not going to Bigfoot healthcare workers and people. I mean, listen, if like you know, if somebody like on the side is like, hey, um. We can give it to Tom Brady. Like that, Tom might be like, that's part of the TB12 method. And now you're talking about Alex Guerrero conspiracy theories that I had since this, since before the season that Alex gave it to Tom early so he didn't have to miss any games during the season. And that's Mike what, Evans and Godwin, everyone, everyone. That, everybody, that's everybody what I did. That's what I did before week one. I was making sure that I could pull yeah, through this show. Yeah. I was making sure that I could pull through this show for an entire season with you guys. Right. Listen, we have Mike Silver on here. Before we let you go, man, I have to talk to you about the rookie right tackle for the Bucks, Tristan Wirfs. I mean, people, you know, expected him to play well, expected some highs and lows, you know, because he's a rookie. But we did not expect him to be basically, in our eyes, the offensive rookie of the year. Can you talk a little bit about this guy's season so far and just... I mean, it's a surprise, honestly. It, it, not not a knock on him, just because of the whole situation. It's such a surprise. So there were four guys, right? A rare draft where four tackles were considered, you know, franchise pillar caliber. They're all going to go high. And, we, you know, Becton, who's just a, a, a human eraser, you know, it pops out at you. The Jets ended up taking him. Um, you know, you had the guy, the, Gi- the Giants guy who really, really struggled early. They ended up firing their line coach. Um, I think, you know, he's playing better now. Um, you know, you have the, the guy in Cleveland who's been very, very good. Um, and I know, uh, you know, Worfs, I think, was the other guy that Cleveland, um, you know, really, really, um, you know, thought was, was, you know, the guy that would fit with them. So, yeah, I mean, you know, so far the Giants have gotten the worst of the deal in the short term, and the Bucks have certainly nothing to complain about. That's nice. And, you know, I know people say, oh, you got to put him at left tackle. You know, I'm fine with that guy playing right tackle. And, you know, maybe he'll end up being a left tackle. But, you know, the league has changed. It's not just, you know, quarterbacks, maybe Tom Brady is, but you're not just sitting back there and, oh, just protect the blind side of the right. Like, you know, we have lefties and we have people who move a lot. And so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pleased so far. And, you know, Jason Light, you know, we talked about Aguayo. There's a couple of picks we could certainly clown him for, but um, you got to be really happy with with that pick if you're a Bucks fan. Mike, I, I got to ask you before before you leave too. You said you spoke to Mike Evans. Um, I, we joke, right? Mike Evans is my favorite player on this team, though. Um, 
you're a historian. I've, I've said that before, but he is on the cusp of making or breaking a record that Randy Moss set and being the only receiver to hit seven consecutive years, your first years in the league, with 1,000 yards. Wow. He's at 169 right now, so he's 331 short, and it's been a hot topic here in mm -hmm. Tampa because Mike is so selfless. So nobody yeah. really knows if he cares, if he doesn't care, if he wants the record. I'm sure he wants the record, but he wants to win more. One, do you think he'll get it? And two, did you see anything in his body language that, that, that leads you to believe that he's kind of pissed that he might not get it? I mean, I don't know if there's an incentive there. That would make more sense to me. Like, I've seen guys with money on the line, you know, it's human nature, like, you know. Uh, but assuming that's it's not a money thing and it's just a pride thing, you know, look, um, I mean, most receivers I know, uh, good ones, if they either hide it, but they really, really want the ball, and or they don't hide it. And, you know, some of it comes from a good place. I can help you win by getting the ball, get it to me. That's what I do. But it's just part of the persona, you know, and AB certainly has that. You know, I don't know Godwin. I'm assuming Godwin's got some of that. Um, Evan seems to be pretty far on the spectrum of if he has that, he hides it. Um, you know, I'll never forget uh, Mark Tressman became the 49er offensive coordinator in 1995 after Mike Shanahan had gone to coach the Broncos and ultimately coach them to two Super Bowls. And early in Mark Tressman's 95 season, Jerry Rice um, – he probably had about seven for 91 and a touchdown in a game they won by, say, 17 points at home. And we're in the candlestick locker room, and Jerry's got about 10 of us crowded around him, and he just goes off and goes, man, that we, we're not committed in this offense to throw in the ball. This is not acceptable. And just, you know, gives us all some quotes to work with. You know, it wasn't yelling and screaming, but – Jerry Rice blew off some steam. And again, like seven for 91, a touchdown, one by 17. Game never in doubt. Well, Mark Trestman is kind of a sensitive guy. Locker room's all but cleared out. I'm like one of the last ones in there. And he comes up to me and he says, Mike, I just want to ask you as a friend, you know, you heard what Jerry said. And I said, yeah, I was there. And he said, yeah, you know, I, I've heard what he said. I'm just asking you, did you think that I – called the game that didn't respect the talents of Jerry Rice. Did you think, and finally I go, Hey Mark, I go, I could show you the exact same quotes from when Mike Shanahan was here, from when Mike Holmgren was here and from when Bill Walsh was here. Don't worry about it. It just patted him on the back. And that was Jerry Rice. Uh, you know, uh, the greatest of all time. And listen, it's just true. Number one receivers are like that. And Mike Evans is the truest of true because, you know, there are guys like AB who just will themselves into being number one receivers, the route running, the precision, the, you know, the elusiveness. But Mike Evans is, you know, out of the manual, you know, big, fast, strong, great with the ball in the air, um, competitive, you know, wants to be, you know, wa wants to take on your best. So, you know, there aren't that many guys in the NFL who are true number one receivers that also stuff stars. You know, Julio, 
is a true number one receiver cut out of that mold. Um, you know, AJ Green was, um, and he's he's struggling post injury. But you know, there are guys like that. But Mike Evans is the truest of the true. So um, if he doesn't get that thousand, I just hope that he gets you know those big playoff moments uh, that he's been lacking because. Um, you know, with a game on the line and somebody needs to make a play, that guy's on the very, very, very short list of guys that, you know, people would choose to, well said, to have Mike. on their well team. Said. There's yeah. a lot of fakers out there like Mike Thomas, who's like a trash number three receiver. Slant boy. Mike Thomas Tom, Tom is pretty good. He's well He doesn't even make and his roster, guys like Devont, You know, and there's guys like Devontae, who's probably having the best year of any of them. And Devontae's unbelievable route runner and unbelievable at the line, but he doesn't have breakaway speed. You know, he's, he's kind of willing himself into that conversation. Um, you know, Deandre Hopkins doesn't have breakaway speed, but he's a real, you know, that's a real number one receiver. Just, just amazing. But yeah, Mike Evans is, is, you know, there's nothing about Mike Evans that you would change if you were trying to create the perfect go-to guy. I, I agree with Samer. Uh, Michael Thomas doesn't even make our roster. Yeah, no, I don't think he makes this roster. He doesn't make this roster. And Definitely he's not beating out Scotty Miller. That's for and, sure. And by yeah. the way, Godwin's good. Godwin's a good player. Godwin, Godwin is a number one. Could be a number one somewhere. I, yeah. I don't doubt it. We legitimately. Uh, you, got, you, got three, you got three guys who you could say could be a number one easy somewhere. And then you got, you know, White not Lightning out there, uh, you know, making it happen. No, no, um, we, have, we have four. We have four number one receivers. I, I'm not sure where you're getting three. I, it's kind of disrespectful to AB. Uh, he's definitely a number one receiver, too. I don't know why you <laughs> left AB off the list. It doesn't really make much sense. In but that uh, mold, and this is my, la- my last one, you know, non-Bucks related, Mike, but you do national stuff. Um, that kid from Pittsburgh is in that mold, bro. Chase Claypool, he's built like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Different. Now one, thing, now, one thing I've seen is some teams have gotten physical with them, as teams will do, and, you know, and have had some effect, right? We've seen guys who – uh, you know, like Amari Cooper, where, oh, if you get pretty, you remember when Pac-Man Jones shoved his face into the turf and everyone freaked out? Yeah, okay, that was a little excessive as Pac, you know, Pac tended to be excessive at times, but that was not, um, that that was not just some random thing. He was trying to, you know, put Amari Cooper in a place where, like, he wasn't going to compete the way he normally did. and And so I think, you know, Guys get tested, and and uh, that's what's happening with Claypool. Who, by the way, uh, they're calling him Mapletron. It's okay. I like Air Canada, which is what he wants to be called. That's oh, a cool man. name. I like and it. Do you know that? Do you know that kid rode BMX bikes growing up? That's the that's the coolest thing. Yeah, cool. he was a he's a BMX guy in Canada. Hey, Mike, while you while we're talking about nicknames, and you have way more clout than we do. But next time Antoine Winfield Jr. gets brought up in any conversation, especially live on the NFL Network, Ant Man. Okay. Oh, Ant-Man. that's cool. We've been. Call- does he like? Does he like it? He. D- yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say he. Does. Sure. I'm gonna he, say does. Yeah. I mean, he loves he it. Like it? He doesn't not like it. Right. He, he hasn't come out and said to me personally he doesn't like it. So I'm gonna say yeah. He hasn't texted me back to say that he doesn't like it. So it's true. He hasn't texted you back <laughs> that's at a big, all, actually. That, that's a big sign, right? That's a big Plus, sign. Sam made the gift of him literally inside the Ant-Man suit. Yep. So yeah, it's that. pretty sweet. It, it's like I, he was I, made I, for I, it. I literally, like, as soon as I take the vaccine, I literally might, the first thing I might do is just fly to wherever Bruce Arians is, preferably like in Georgia on the lake or wherever he goes, and just 
punish my liver because you know I, I know a lot. I know a lot of people have said they drink more during the pandemic, especially in the early days. I gotta say, I drink less. Uh, turns out I like bars and music mm-hmm. festivals and concerts and stadiums and people. You know, I, it's not like I don't drink, but I just I don't get geared up for it. You know, the way that um, I would normally. So. Um, yeah, I, I feel like whatever happens, I'm gonna just go find BA and uh, and and I don't want to imply that I could possibly hang with BA. Uh, he is, uh, you know, he's a legend. But uh, yeah, you know, that. I will fail trying. And it'll Mike, be- Sam already has the antibodies. I work for UPS, so I'm gonna get the vaccine pretty soon. Stay. You are definitely. You know, what can what can Brown do for you? Yeah, get you a, get you uh, a deadly yeah. disease that well, hopefully. You know, we're your very, very extended, long distance family. If you happen to make it to Georgia, you know, extend, you know, we're not that far. Florida, it's just a quick. Listen, run. Hey, like, like I said, Bucks opener, wherever it is, hopefully it's at home for the Thursday night because it went well for them uh, and for you, but not for your wife. Um, and hopefully thir- the Wednesday night before the Thursday night opener in Tampa, large in charge uh, and no masks. That would be amazing. And if we're still wearing masks, then we'll just rig a straw like up through the mask and we'll just do it that way. Yeah, I work in a in a in a nasty field. I'll just wear a full Tyvek suit, full respirator, all those things, just so I can still be near you. Yep. That'd you be mean, dope. You mentioned bars and all the party scenes and and concerts and live music and you do a lot of storytelling as it relates to those types of events on your show, on your podcast. So go ahead and drop that again before we end this beautiful Please. Episode. Give us a give us a shot at the Pass It Down podcast. It is available on all major platforms. Pass it down, and my daughter is much cooler than I am, and uh, you know she's putting up with me, so it's good. We're having fun. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like you need like a guy from the islands on your intro that says "Pass It Down." Pass It Down podcast. Well, we, do, we we do have uh, Uncle Luke on the intro. Yeah, so dude, I forgot about already, that. Uncle Luke is every episode. Maybe the outro, maybe an outro though. We should get, hey, like, Mike. When next time you talk to Uncle Luke, Luke, tell him that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know about the birds and the bees. And I used to have the first two live crew tape. I used to hide it in my bean bag. Do you know about the the seventh bizzo though? The seventh seven bizzos. The seven bizzos. Yeah, I'm sure I do. I don't know the name of the song off right. off the dome like that, right. but yeah, I'm sure I do. I mean, okay, I am, cool. I grew up I, in the south, so I I had all the tapes. I will end, tell uh, I, I will tell Uncle Luke. We end all these episodes now with W's in our mouth. I hope you know that. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I did not, but I'm gonna take a little <laughs> shot at Mike before we leave. I'm gonna take a shot at Mike. Scotty Miller's a better version of Deshaun Jackson without the drama. Eat the W. Ah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.